Welcome to the Women Governance Gurus podcast, where we listen to the journeys of women working in the field of corporate governance, their passions, struggles, and commitment to improving how companies and boards function. My name is Liz Dunchy, and my co-host is Courtney Camlet. Hey, everyone. Courtney and I are both passionate about governance and want to spotlight some of the amazing women who share that passion. Hear what has surprised them over their career and various perspectives from different paths and industries. For this episode, we're talking with Lisa Beth Lintini Walker, the CEO and founder of Lumen Worldwide Endeavors. Lisa Beth, we're so happy to be talking with you today. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. I second that. We're very glad to have you on the podcast. Now, you've held roles that have varied focus between governance and compliance. What led you to leave the corporate life and found Lumen Worldwide Endeavors? And what type of work are you doing there? Well, that's a great question. So by way of background, I originally, after finishing law school and getting my my MBA, went to the Securities and Exchange Commission in Washington, D.C. I actually met Courtney at the SEC in corporation finance, and I loved my time there. It was a fantastic and very interesting time to be at the SEC. But after a period of time, I ended up going in-house at Best Buy and started as their securities attorney, and then had a variety of opportunity to work in corporate governance as an assistant secretary to the board, learn about um, sustainability and be part of the work that that I was doing on that. And so it was a lot of really interesting opportunities, after which I ended up going to Carlton Bagnelli Travel as their compliance officer, their global lead for compliance, and helped them through some regulatory issues with trade sanctions and embargoes, and built out a global compliance function with reports throughout the world. I loved my time with CWT, but after a certain point, I ended up moving on to um, Deluxe Corporation, where I was the chief compliance officer, the co-chair of the Enterprise Risk Council, and for a period of time, I also was their corporate secretary and employment lawyer. So... It was a fascinating time, but after all of that experience, I decided that what I truly got passion out of and what I truly loved was building programs to last. And so being out with Lumen Worldwide Endeavors, I'm able to pursue my passion. It gives me a lot of joy to be able to solve problems, help companies that are in crisis, and also look at the world from a what I like to call a problem-tunity perspective. Which is, that is one of my new favorite words, by the way. I love it. It is so positive. It's, it's really a hallmark of a growth mindset. It's looking at something that could be perceived as a problem, but really seeing the opportunity, the opportunity for clarity, the opportunity for growth in that problem and changing the way that you address it. And so when I looked at everything that was out there and what I had needed when I was in health, I saw an opportunity and a need for this type of skill, the building skill, developing others and creating programs for companies. It was an addressable market that I was really interested in. And I also noted that the industries, particularly when you're talking about compliance, was formed from a very reactionary standpoint. And there's a different way to address compliance, ethics, and privacy, and even corporate governance. There's a way to look at this from a growth mindset and really make it an important and welcome part at this, at 
the table for any discussion because I think we have great skills to lend to the business and that we can be uniters. I'm inspired just talking with you after one question. I feel very positive. So thank you for that. (laughs) Has there been anything that surprised you as you've progressed in your career? Well, the thing I think is most surprising is the pace of change. Change is so rapid. And the way that there are all of these different forces that are accelerating right now in the market and, and in society, I don't think I could have predicted how quickly the expectations and skills for, for my, the jobs that I've had have changed. You know, I lived through Enron and WorldCom and all of these different events, and a lot of things happened that I wouldn't have predicted. I, When I started out, was, compliance wasn't really something that a lot of people were involved with. It wasn't a thing. And now there's thousands of people that are involved in compliance. And the corporate governance functions have become far more clear and expectations and even they have certifications now in all of these different areas to show skills that didn't exist when I started. So it's interesting because, you know, speed and velocity is the name of the game. You have to be agile and constantly learning. And so I always look to work with smart and adaptable people because I think that's where the future's at. You have to be smart and adaptable And then you can do all sorts of things, things that we can't predict will exist in a couple of years. Well, and with your background, it's shown that you can definitely be smart and adaptable. And congratulations, by the way, on the certification as a governance professional that you received recently. Thank you. I'm very excited about what this is going to do for the industry. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great. So in your mind, what role do governance experts have in the closely related area of compliance and risk oversight? So this is an area... Uh, and a topic that I could talk about forever, but I won't do that. I think risk has so many areas that are converging right now. Privacy, data governance, information security, digital ethics, all of these things are kind of swirling around each other. And governance experts are crucial. They're a critical link to the board. As you look at what's going on, look at in reclosed oncology and the kind of redefinition of what the caremark standard is when it comes to oversight of compliance. There's got to be a little bit more focus according to the recent decisions. And governance experts are so critical at helping the board understand and be able to work with, with stakeholders and helping to connect the right people the right time in the right way. It's so important that collaboration and those emotional intelligence skills are going to be what governance experts are going to have to bring and we're all going to have to bring. And Lisa Beth, this is Liz. Is that collaboration something that you are already seeing or is that something that people will need to be working more on as we go forward? Kind of varies. Uh, there's some places where I think it's problem tunity, but we can all be better. We can all be better. We're still working our way through this, but we're working through it together. So I think there's opportunity there, even if it's going well, because of the speed of change, you have to constantly be on your toes. Right. Good advice. 
are there other emerging governance trends that you think will become mainstream in the next five to 10 years? I do think that there's a couple of different trends. I think culture is something that everyone's trying to crack the code on. Um, You can't dictate culture, and it's going to be really important in the upcoming world for talent. And so I think that's an area where there's going to have to be a lot of collaboration. And I think there's going to be more clarity around how you look at culture and how you report on culture. Another area that I think is a trend is ESG. I think that there's a huge acceleration going on with environmental, social, and governance matters. And I think we've only begun to see the beginning of it. And then finally, I think around board quality and composition, there's a lot going on there in terms of skills. I'm hoping that we're going to see the end of what I would call vanity boards, particularly for startups. But I think that there's opportunities there. Yeah, there are definitely lots of opportunities, and it is such an emerging space, even so. So that's great for businesses like yours. Absolutely. I think that there's lots of ways that we can work together. So the question that we ask all of our podcast interviewees, because we try to to get sort of the viewpoints of everyone, is what do you think that women or people in the corporate governance field can add to the current conversation on the societal role of companies? Well, so I think I would look at it as what people in corporate governance can add. I think women have a lot to add to the conversation, but this is an everyone conversation about what's going on with the societal role of companies. So what I see is this is a huge area of transformation. Right now, there are three things that are going on that I see. Right? There's a, the ongoing acceleration of technology. It's basically Moore's Law playing out, which is difficult to keep up with. You've got a lot going on in the ESG space with the discussion and dialogue around climate change and some of the geopolitical things that are going on. Not that geopolitical risk and, and, and activity is new, because it's not, but I think that the speed of change is very different than in prior eras. And I see that there's a third element, which is these emerging market accelerations, where there's leapfrogging of um, stages because the technology is helping emergent um, markets leapfrog from you know different systems to, to, to new systems. I think there's going to be a lot around dislocations and rapid obsolescence in the skills area, right? If you think about how there may be, you know, driverless cars in the future and what that means for the economy and what that means for the skills that people need to have. I think that there's so many different trends that are going on right now that people in the corporate governance space are going to be very, very busy helping board members, helping management discuss this, and really focusing in on what the role of a corporation is when you've got so much disruption. And I think that corporations have the opportunity to really, really be a force for good and a stabilizing force in these rapid acceleration environments. That's very insightful. Thank you. And I I do worry some about the obsolescence of the traditional securities lawyer role, but I think you're right that corporate governance has been evolving so much and a lot of securities lawyers have kind of been stepping into that space. And so that at least has been good, a problem-tunity. That's right. That's right. It's a problem-tunity. 
before we sign off and say our final parting remarks, could you just tell us one more time what companies should call Lumen for if they're looking for assistance? Absolutely. So Lumen helps companies when they have interim compliance, ethics, and corporate governance needs, or if they have specific projects that they're looking to assess. We also have a portion of the business which focuses in on positive psychology and well-being in the profession. As you may know, the ABA recently came out in 2018 with the ABA Long Switch because there is such a level of burnout and the increased incidence of depression, anxiety, and addiction, lawyers are seeing some of the same trends in compliance and ethics. So we have a coaching element of um, the business, and then we have our consulting side of the business. So happy to talk more about Lumen with anybody who is interested. Thank you. That's awesome. What a great business model. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you to Lisa Beth, and thanks to everyone listening to this episode of Women Governance Gurus. Please subscribe on whatever platform you use for podcasts, and don't forget to rate us. Thanks.